dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hey friends, this is Mother Natalia. Today, Father Michael is starting part one of a two-part series on um, fear of the Lord. So this first half is on not being afraid, which you probably can tell from the title. Uh, But we go through a little bit of... um, I don't really know. This seemed really scattered. I don't know how to describe it. But we went through a little bit of um, what it is to um, mature in the faith, but um, some of the dangers of increasing our fear and self-reliance and self-sufficiency as we go through that maturation and some of the dangers of that. And we have... um, a little bit of announcements at the beginning. And so if you want to skip just the banter, well, I did not pay attention to the time, but it was probably about seven minutes, um, maybe seven and a half, um, maybe not. And if you want to also skip the announcements um, and the shout outs, poo on you, but that um, you'd want to skip ahead probably about 12 minutes after this intro. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Hello, Mother. Hello, Father. You're there. There, I'm only seeing a tiny little picture of you this time. You're much smaller than usual because I have the group chat. Up. M- the group chat up, and I have the. Can I shut this? I don't know if this, I may be sabotaging our entire podcast right now. I'm going to shut. Oh, like the backstage <gasps> thing. Woo! I shut yep, that. Okay. Yeah. Do you? Okay, I, I did. Fine. I shut it, and it's good. Well, good. And now I see that I have. I'm massively backlit since I also see myself bigger. Did you just so, say mansively? <laughs> ma- <laughs> Everything I do is massive. <laughs> massively backlit. <laughs> a massive priest. Um, <laughs> yes. So, hello, mother, and hello uh, for the very first time. We have uh, patrons that are able to listen to us live. Uh-huh. I hope we don't lose listeners because of this, because they're like, "Man, I had thought of them much more highly." You know, you know when they say like, "Don't don't meet people in real life that you've only seen from like media and stuff like that." Because <laughs> they're a huge disappointment. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think we. I don't think we change much. So if if they're disappointed on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. they'll be disappointed in real life. If they're disappointed in real life, they'll be disappointed on the podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah. Pretty much. The only thing I was thinking though is when patrons uh, listen live. Um, I'm like, is are they then going to be sad in like three weeks when this comes out mm. or whatever? Because then they're not going <laughs> to. Um, or maybe they'll that. listen to it again. I don't know. I would not do that, but. Well, there, there's. I'm guessing there's other things they listen to, and actually, I well, I'll save that for later on when 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 huh. we announce it. We're, we're, I I've been asked to t- do something else with media, and uh, and it's it's. I don't know how it's going to go. Pray for my time, um, and my energy, and my discernment. But yeah, it should be it should be actually really well. Cool. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we were just talking I wasn't about that. Um, yeah. um, we're not um, talking about that right now. We're not but I will. Okay. I didn't just do the thing that listeners don't like, where we allude to something and then we're never going to tell you. I will oh, tell you, totally you did. eventually. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, because I am going to say it eventually. I'm not doing the so annoying teaser. thing that Father Michael does, where he's like. I'll tell you after we're done recording, Mother Natalia. I almost just called myself Mother Gabriella. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> You're not used to saying Mother than Natalia after it. That's, that's the, true. That's yeah, the problem. That's true. Like even when I talk to myself, I leave off the mother, actually. Mm. Like when I drop something in the kitchen or something, I'm like, ah, Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I I think I told you that when I was 
when I was young, obviously I'd just get mad at myself and I would just like say my name. Uh-huh. And then when I got ordained, say my name, say my name. That's probably not an appropriate song. We'll let that. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> um, the. Uh, Anyway, I would get mad at myself. So when I got ordained, I just started getting mad, and I would call myself Father Michael, and I and I would and I would like, why am I? It would just it was so weird to be yelling at, like you're getting mad at someone named Father Michael. So I just kept <laughs> it up. I was like, it's actually good because I shouldn't be yelling myself this way. And Aww. in a sense, it, it was a little bit harder to say, not not that I not the respect for the title, but rather a there was a certain. Like you, you are now leading other souls. That's why they call you father. You're leading other souls, and therefore, you should be practicing what you preach. Hmm. And and so it's almost like someone tell me the other day. Like people are still so turned off by my snake sometimes by Georgia, and they're like, "Oh no, sna- snakes are evil." I, I we had Laura Rochelle's birthday party. Um, shout out to you, Laura. We had a, birth, a massive, amazing birthday party. We could actually have her on the talk about this birthday party. It would be an entire episode <laughs> itself. Like not 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 just the fun aspects of the party, but the the deeply human mm-hmm. aspects of this party were really really beautiful. Typical Laura. Um, but the um, all right, that squirrel, that pearl went way off, and now I can't remember Georgia. what I was saying. Georgia, Georgia, thank you. People still say with Georgia, like oh, like, but you know, snakes are evil. They're the sign of the evil one. And I'm going, you know, I get it, and I, you know, I'm I'm not intimidated or put off by those things um, when people say that, but but I do. I have found a reason why Georgia is actually helpful to my spiritual life, like my my four foot long ball python, um, because whenever I see her, I immediately see the consequences of the fall. So whatever it means in Genesis, whatever it means that the, that the snakes have to crawl in the dirt, I've heard many sure. different things about they had legs and they didn't, or you know, the eating the dirt actually means like eating death. This is actually a beautiful one. Um, eating oh, dirt. I just listened to this on um, the Lord of Spirits podcast. Yeah, that's where I got it too. Oh, Dang it, so don't bad. tell people what we listen to. <gasps> like, we steal no. all of our content from the Orthodox. <laughs> that's <laughs> not true, but also we kidding. should tell them that because everyone should listen to that podcast. Lord, it's Lord of Spirits is awesome. It is. It's an amazing podcast. Um, I'm just don't I'm totally be kidding. stingy because I, I I've like I've like used a lot of their stuff in in homilies, and it's just weird to give shout outs in homilies. You know, it's just I it, it, it distracts. Podcasts are different, but um, but anyway, yeah. So it's like the devil. The punishment was to eat dust. So many people have interpreted that as meaning that just means he lost his legs, so he's crawling in the dust, and like losing their legs was a consequence of the fall. But it was more um, the fathers at at um, Lord of Spirits podcast said that it's one interpretation is that uh, the devil now only has authority over dust, over dirt, over. Um, when the body dies, it decomposes. So it's like the, it has power of the decom- decomposition, the, the the power over the dead things. Um, so it's not, it's not actually. It's like it is a punishment, especially since even that will be conquered by Christ. However, mm-hmm. many thousands of years later, you know. It was, so even what the, the small thing the devil has authority over, namely death and decomposition, even that will be t- conquered because Christ, of course, does not decompose. Christ. You know, he rises, he ascends, et cetera. Mm. Um, <clears throat> that's great. I'm glad that your snake <laughs> is a place of edification for you. Um, I love Georgia. I like to hold Georgia when I'm in LA, and I, she's great. Um, and she features very prominently in in Mother's in the documentary they made about Mother. That's true. Um, so, can I say something that has only the teeniest bit to do with anything you just said? But it'll be a great yes. transition into shout outs because it's a shout out. 
Okay, go ahead. Um, so when you were talking about calling yourself Father Michael, I was remembering that I just finished. We just came back late last night. Our five of the seven of us of our community from a Theology of the Body retreat. And it was Theology of the Body and Spiritual Direction. It was taught by Father Boniface Hicks, who's a very dear friend and just has like the most wonderful, tender heart. Uh, and he's been on the podcast before. It was one of my favorite episodes about humility. But uh, anyways, he taught the course. Um, and while there, I met someone named Father Michael and... He, oh, Father Michael, I love this man so much. And I'm, so I just want to give a big shout out to Father Michael. And he's just great. And I won't say where he's from because maybe he doesn't want the whole world to know about this. But I went up to him at some point because he was just like, he's glowing all the time, just glowing. And uh, I wanted to know basically why he's always smiling. And I went up to him and I just said, um, do you want to maybe, um, I want to be your friend and will you go for a walk with me? <laughs> and it was just like completely awkward. Uh, and, but he was just delightful and we went for a walk and he shared beautiful things about his priesthood and fatherhood. And, um, he, after TOB, um, we like exchanged information to keep in touch. And he said that um, one of my great gifts is that I'm unafraid to LOL. And then he put in parentheses, love out loud. And, <laughs> and I was like, I do that. Anyways, so <laughs> yes, shout out to Father Michael, who I love very much um, out loud. So uh, I'll also give five shout outs to our patrons and... Um, there's only 106 left before we're caught up <laughs> and then we can actually be giving shout outs in real time. You all are so kind and patient with us. Uh, so shout out to, we said we were just going to say first name and state. Is that correct? Father Michael? Yes. Okay. So shout out and to. And then first initial of last name. I oh, think. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So shout out to Owen C from Ohio. Kelly J. from Minnesota, Matthew B. from Wisconsin, oh, hmm, hmm. Joe R. from Wisconsin, I'll have to share with you later, Father Michael, I just did the thing, I'll have to share what my hesitation was there, and um, I'll have to figure out if I should do something different with those in the future. Anyways, okay, so Joe R. from Wisconsin. Um, and then <laughs> Maddie H. <laughs> with no address. <laughs> so, but I can say from Ohio. <laughs> so those are some of our patrons. And nice. we love you. And I hope more of you... Um, join in on live episodes because it's really fun that we're doing that. This is our first so, yeah, time. Just it's going give, great. We do, we do have a, we do have people with what Squadcast called backstage. So we have people watching us live. So shout mm-hmm. out to, to those who are on right now. And, and they, they, uh, they can chat with us mm-hmm. in the chat without hearing voices. So yeah. So when people come backstage, 
when people come backstage, they can see us, but we can't see them, but we can see what they're chatting, um, which is really helpful. Um, and I'm fun. actually surprised you allowed this mother because you were so afraid of people seeing your face. Like you're so insecure about that. I know. But, I'm really insecure with my face. <laughs> but I think that. That's why you just framed it with black. Like that's all <laughs> you can see. Like the only thing people can look at is your face. <laughs> I know. I think it's different though because there's a difference between my face is being recorded. Like if I make a, a stupid facial expression or something, like, okay, a couple people can see it, but it's not just like mm. you can play it on repeat. Um, I totally get it. Totally and get it. and it's also just a few people because um, you can only have three people back stage at a time so it's just a few people as opposed to like the world um so um did you you see the chat i did so one of our listeners okay yes um and i'm grateful for that so uh yeah one of our i had mentioned before recording that i wanted to mention something on recording and one of our backstage listeners reminded me of that so we i wanted to announce our bridegroom's banquet which i've announced the past couple of years it's the annual fundraiser for our monastery So this year it's going to be Saturday, November 4th. I really hope that's right. I hope that's a Saturday. Um, Or November, whatever Saturday is next to that. Saturday, November 4th. And then um, you can, if you can come to the banquet, that would be awesome because I'd love to meet you. And it will be at the Ashdome Event Center in Parma, Ohio. And uh, you can register on our website, christthebridegroom.org. Make sure you have two T's there. It's not Chris the Bridegroom. And uh, so there's a banquet page, like a banquet tab on our monastery website, and you can register there. Um, and if you can't come, but you still want to donate towards it, um, if you donate specifically to the banquet fund, then donations are doubled up to $100,000. So um, thanks to a very generous donor who loves us very much. And um, I don't know exactly yet what the funds are for this year. I know there's like renovations that are happening, but I don't know what the renovations are. But yeah, so. Cool. And information to donate is also on that banquet page if you can't come, so. Cool, amen. Amen. All right. Um, I I want to talk about something that I have not had as a topic for a long time. Oh. Did you want to say something, Mother? Oh, okay. No, I thought, I, thought I was missing something. Anticipating. Um, no. And and I it's kind of don't let the don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So I'm I'm it's one of those one of those episodes that I don't I, I wish I wish I could present kind of more fully on like a full exhibition of this idea because I think it's very important. But anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about that. Um, I preached on this as a homily because I'm preparing to give a talk at our pilgrimage in Olympia, the Our Lady Perpetual pilgrimage. That's always the weekend after uh, Dormition, and uh, that's gonna be happening the week after Dormition this year. So I'm giving giving a few talks on the bread of life on the Eucharist, and this is one aspect that when I was praying and preparing came up, and I thought, well, I'll, I can tie this in. I think it's a, it's a good thing, especially when I did further research and prayer through it and realized what it is. So um, there are certain topics, and this is how I began my homily last Sunday. <laughs> there are certain topics that when when non-Catholics ask me about them, mm-hmm. they I, I just like go, oh no, not this one. You know, I'm sure you do the same thing. You know, and it, it's oh, yeah. basically it's basically things that society 
gets wrong mm. in our understanding and I think objectively, right? So there, there's things that that I know I'm going to be pushing against the 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 flowing the raging river of relativism in our society. So mm. I'm going to push against that. So it's not like when I walk into my church and I go, look how beautiful it is, and anybody. When I start describing the art and the architecture of a Byzantine church, is going to think it's beautiful. I can't tell you how many people when I when I walk in there, I say, "Look, this is our church. This is why this icon's here. This is why the colors are here." I've had, never had anybody get turned off by that. Every single person, whether they are are Wiccan or of a, a practicing Catholic, like that, they, they all they that is beautiful. I just had that happen again at Laura's birthday party. This guy walks in and like starts tearing up. And I'm explaining everything. He's like, that's the greatest explanation of what a church should look like I've ever heard in my life. I was like, that's because we've been doing this for almost 2,000 years, you know. But, but there are certain things that, that, that I don't want to, like, again, things that the society gets wrong. Then there are topics that I don't even, like, if a child asks me or another adult, like a practicing Catholic who has more faith than me, who is smarter than me, they'll, they'll ask something. I go, oh, no, not this. Like, <laughs> This is this is even for the closest friends who believe the exact same thing I do. There's certain things within our faith that are hard to explain. Um, How often does you know, this come up in spiritual direction with me? Where like I ask you a question and you're just like, oh, why does she keep doing you, this? You know what though? That's a really good question because I think spiritual direction is different because spiritual direction mm. is not about, you're not asking like questions about, about, Kind of teachings of the church, or or you're not asking questions about God. This is God. like a very specific thing in my life. A virtue in this, mm. exactly. And and I also I know that if you ask a question, mother, or if any of my spiritual children do, there's going to be nuances that the spirit's going to sort through. Uh-huh. So, in other words, when you ask something, I also know in spiritual direction that I'm not the final answer. I also know <laughs> that you're also going to go to Jesus and you're going to ask Him too, and I may be completely wrong, and you're going to realize that. So I'm not. I I can't Which do that much harm. Which has happened before. There yeah, are no, also absolutely. times where you tell me things and I'm like, no. And you're like, that's fine. Ask Jesus. And then I go ask oh, Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, Father Michael's right. <laughs> <laughs> I should not give that voice to Jesus. That was but not okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Jesus voice. Um, the, uh, so yes. So, so, and one of those topics is the fear of God. Mm. That that when any whenever anybody asks it, <clears throat> what is the fear of God? Proverbs nine says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. So, in, in this day and age, I think there's probably been other generations that that like treasured that. Like if I walk into someone on the street nowadays, say random person on Ventura Boulevard, and I say, you know, hey, you know, you want the truth, right? I think most people would be like. I want my truth. You know, your <laughs> truth is different. Like I, like I, I, I know my truth. I, and mm-hmm. I, oh, you want, you want what's good, right? Oh, I want what, what I define as good. You know, there's no, there's no, in our society, there's no, and this has been happening since Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? You know, there, there, there's no treasuring of objective truth and, and goodness. I mm-hmm. think with beauty, there's a little more so only because there's less consequences, if you will. And this fits in very well with what I'm going to say. So, so the fear of God, um, obviously I preached on it this past week because we had in, in our lectionary, the story of Jesus comes walking at the wa- walking on water three in the morning. He's dismissed the disciples. They're all heading for Genesaret and, and there's wind in the waves and the disciples are already afraid. They're not sleeping. It's three in the morning. And then Jesus comes walking on the water and they all freak out. And so then somebody says, oh, it's our Lord. And, and Peter says, if it is you, Lord, help me to walk on the water. 
But when he when Christ first approaches, he says the phrase we hear over and over and over again in the, in the New Testament, and that is be not afraid. So mm-hmm. he says, be not afraid, do not be afraid, it is I. And then Peter says, if it is you, Lord, tell me to come walking on the water. Peter, of course, gets out, comes walking in the water, looks around, sees the wind and the waves, starts to sink. Jesus picks him up, puts it back in the boat. Why did you have why did you have such little faith? So there, and I preach to the kids about what it means to be not afraid. You know, there's something about the the fearlessness that when we pretty much it was three in the morning, it was dark. Um, in, in another one, it says like, oh, they thought they were seeing a ghost. Um, so I think the the lesson for children and for those of us that are young in spirit um, and, and and need to mature more like me in the faith, there's a sense of of when they see someone walking on the water, they're more afraid of evil than they are attracted to good. So yes, I think that like ever, anybody's going to say that that experience would have been startling to anybody. You see mm-hmm. someone walking on the water, you're not used to Jesus walking on the water. You're more used to saying, well, no human can walk on water. It must be a ghost. So, mm-hmm. but, but I really do think that there's a virtue in saying, if I, if I look around at the world around me and I am more afraid of evil than I am drawn to good, which I think most of us are, if I'm more afraid of evil than I am drawn to good, then anything I see and experience, my immediate thought is, am I afraid of this? Is this gonna hurt me? Is this gonna, is this gonna harm someone I love? Um, so I, I see something occurring in the world, like in this case, a man walking on water. And instead of saying, oh, that might be Jesus, you know, Jesus is sent us away. He's probably gonna come find us at some point. He's he's at least has enough miraculous things going on that he can probably walk on water. I'm not saying the apostles should have expected Jesus, but I do think that there was that that, that when when Jesus is being not afraid, they they should have been lacking in fear and especially in the wind and the waves, been looking for Jesus to come and give them some sort of medicine, some sort of relief and seeing someone walking on the water, they may have said, well, maybe that's Jesus. Maybe he's coming to save us in the wind and the waves. Maybe he's actually come. So I think if we have a childlike expectation of Jesus's help, we're gonna be a lot less afraid of the things that everybody sees. We're gonna see these more as opportunities, if you will, challenges, if you will, opportunities for for. God to love me and for me to praise him than I am of of fear of these things happening. And so in one sense, when Jesus says, be not afraid, that may be what he means. Um, and then of course, the same thing happens with Peter much more explicitly. He gets out, he starts walking towards Christ. He has his eyes fixed on our Lord. And then he moves his eyes from our Lord, just like the Pharisee does in the front of the church, right? The Pharisees in the front of the church in the parable, he looks at God and then he turns around and looks at the publican. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like him. And the fathers say he actually turned around. So unless he turned his back on God in order to point and to look at something else. Peter did this too. He took his eyes off of our Lord. He looks around at the wind and the waves and he's more afraid of the wind and the waves than he is assured of Christ's love for him. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, I preach to the kids about, you know, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus and then and and then kind of everything else falls away because, you know, why am I why am I worried about the, the image that came to mind. Why am I worried about ants if I am walking down my sidewalk wearing shoes? You know, it's like a- ants may hurt me if I'm sitting down in an ant pile with, and I have bare feet. 
But if I'm walking down the street wearing shoes, like the fact that I, I, I am much bigger than them, I'm wearing shoes, right? I, I, I could crush them, you know, if I wanted to. So the, the, the little worries of this world, if we understood who Christ was, who he called us to be and the power he gave us, those little worries would be more like ants than they would be, you know, like, like a bear. I'm going to stop giving images now. They, they, they work in my mind, but they may not work in the, in the mind of <laughs> listeners. For some reason, I'm all about nature right now. Um, so, so when it comes to though the uh, so mother and just chip, please jump in. I mean, I want to say I'm, something. Please go ahead. I'm in okay. homiletic mode, so go ahead. Um, so the the thing that I'm thinking is, you know, as you're talking about like as we get older and um, the maturation and things like that. I think one of the differences maybe so so when I was a I was a skateboarder in high school and. Um, and like those of us who were like the, the really little kids, the kids who were skating, who were like five or six were just a lot more reckless. Um, I was pretty reckless because I'm a reckless person, but in general, the little ones were more reckless than the older ones. And I think part of that was simply, I mean, part of that's just because like they're tiny and they have a lot less to fall. But part of it is because they haven't like yet experienced the pain that some of the older kids have, you know, like they Mm -hmm. haven't necessarily had the broken bone or if they have, like they mend from it a lot quicker. (laughs) And, uh, and so I think just as life goes on, we have more of these wounding experiences and we have, um, we have less of that good recklessness. Um, I'm not saying that with little kids skateboarding, it's necessarily a good recklessness, but I think that when it comes to like trusting in the Lord, there's a good recklessness there. Uh, we talked about recklessness recently on a podcast, and um, there's less of that as we get older because we we get hurt and then we start to become self-reliant, which I don't actually like the term self-reliance. I think it's a misnomer. I think because we're not actually self-reliant. It's like we trick ourselves into thinking we're self-reliant yeah. because so anyways, or self-sufficient, like same thing. It's like we're acting as though we're self-sufficient, but we're not actually sufficient. And so it's a misnomer, but uh, that's a side note. So anyways, the more we come to like become hurt, we start to put up the guards to try to protect ourselves because we don't trust that we're going to be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not enough. We can't protect ourselves. So we have more fear. And I think that happens like in relationships, you know, as we get older, we're more wounded in relationships and we're, um, I don't know, in my mind, this is somehow connected of like, we're, we're more fearful and less trusting in the Lord's providence because we've had more experiences as we get older in which we feel like the Lord hasn't provided. And that's not the truth. He's always yeah. providing for us, but our experience of it is that he hasn't, and thus we become more fearful. Um, and so, like, Peter sees the waves and is immediately thinking, I need to save myself from this. Um, he's not thinking about the fact that Jesus is right there. Jesus can take care of him. Um, Jesus will provide for him. He's Because he's, like, forgotten that Jesus is there. He's not yeah. looking at him. He's just looking at the waves. Um yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can make that relate better than I just did. I didn't articulate no, no, it very well. That's, but. 
that's great because as you know this is a part one of two podcasts so I, mm-hmm. I think I think the first part the first podcast is going to be about be not afraid and the second one about the fear of God so anyway mm, look forward good. to that so I, I think that fits very well because I, I heard something about and I think that's a very important point mother about self-reliance or self-sufficiency is not true it's 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 a deceit you know we, we we think we are and this of course is the way of the world right now everybody it's all about you know and I I, I don't want to I know many Christian commentators now are trying to like mock and shame people that that are saying I need to love myself first or mm-hmm. I need to take care of myself first. Um, I do think that we need you know we can't do that. Like we we need to take care of others. We need to know that God takes care of us. But I do think that the reason why that is so prevalent in the world that idea of self sufficiency and putting myself first and loving myself first. I mean, Miley Cyrus has a song about you know writing my name in the sand, and you know it's like. Really, you know, I can buy myself flowers," she says, and I just have to, I have to laugh. You probably haven't heard the song, whether um, no, I've heard our, our, our backstage people may have, but um, it's Miley Cyrus' song. It's just all about self love, and but it's like like she's I, she must have just broken up or talked about someone who broke up, and she says, "I can buy myself flowers." Like write name in the sand. It's like all these things you normally do with somebody else. Like somebody else buys you flowers, you write two people's name in the sand, and I'm just like, oh. Gag, you know, it's it's like really, you know, like like the, the the writing your name in the sand or flowers is a sign of relationship, you know. But I'm not going to pretend that Miley Cyrus isn't broken. Like she mm-hmm. didn't. This didn't come from nowhere, you know. Yeah. People, people that people that have to take care of themselves or put themselves hurts is probably because they haven't done that. It's probably because they've been abused by somebody else. It probably means they've been walked all over by somebody else. And so it's it's a pendulum. You 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 go you go one way. In other words, self gift, and then but you do it too much. You, you in other words, you, there's no wisdom, there's no nuance there. So when you swing back after being abused or after being walked um, upon like a doormat, you swing back and go really far the other way. You're trying to find that happy medium. But we humans, we need to almost we often we don't need to we oftentimes overreact and go in the other direction. So this is the first time I heard this. I heard this on NPR the other day. Um, I don't know what it came from. I, I came in the middle of the of the of the interview, but there was this guy on there. He was an author, and uh, he was saying that um, the he wrote about in his most recent novel, and I think with Terry Gross inter- interviewing him. Anyway, he wrote about in his most recent novel um, that, uh, and his character was a very religious person. Um, and I think it was either him in a previous book or his father, who was also an author, had written about um, like somebody who was obsessed with the Old Testament. So this book, this now is obsessed with the New Testament. He was a Christian. So, and he said, and so she asks him, you know, your character is very religious. Are you very religious? And he goes, I, he says, you know, again, predictable in a sense. I, I'm, I'm, I believe in something like, I, I, I'm a, a theistic atheist or something like that. He brought in a paradox, which is actually interesting because we Christians love paradoxes and he's some, somehow did too. But he just said, I don't believe in like a religion, but I believe in a religion or something like this. And then he said, I don't believe, I don't believe that there's a being who cares about me. Mm. I don't believe there's a being who, an all powerful, all knowing oh, being who so cares sad. about me. I know, but it, it's the first time I had heard this because I don't believe there's an all powerful, but he says, but I do care about me and I care about others. In other words, and I thought, I've, one of the reasons why I am a Christian, I've said this many times, is because I think it is so beautiful, so beautiful that there is a God who loves me and cares about me. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. And I'm so attracted to that idea. For someone to say, like, I don't want that. I mean, that I don't, he didn't say that, but it was almost like an ideal world 
does not have an all-powerful being that cares about you. I'm like, why not? That mm-hmm. is so beautiful that, that, that you can have an all-powerful being who created everything and loves you and cares about you. But what I realized as I'm listening is that this guy, he knows that's a good thing. And again, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't even want to say his name. I don't remember it anyway, but I, I don't, I'm not rabbing on, ragging on him. Um, just the idea that many people hold. But the idea that, that he says, I don't believe in a being that does this, but I do it. So in a sense, he's, he's saying, if you don't believe in God, you have to put yourself in the place of God, which is so true. He's saying, it makes sense to me. It's beautiful to care mm-hmm. about others. It's beautiful to be cared about, but I don't believe in a God that does that. Therefore, I need to do it myself and I need to do it for others. So it is so true that when we stop believing in God or we never believe in God, we take the, the qualities that were built into us in being the image and likeness of God. We take the things that, 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 that we, by our very creation, desire, namely to be cared about and to care about others in this case, we take those things and we put them on us. We make ourselves mm. God because these things are, are objectively true. And when we when we have refused for whatever reason, because we've broken or we've been hurt or we've just decided to, we refuse to believe those things come from God, then we have to put it on ourselves and make ourselves into God. And I think that is actually a very fearful, Chesterton talks about this all the time. It's a very fearful, boring place. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to see that another paradox. If I'm the all-powerful one, if I have to do what God does, if I look around me and say the things that God does, namely care and love and convict and bring people, if I have to do all those things, it's a very fearful place. Mm-hmm. And it's a very boring place because I, I'm not a very good God when it comes to making the world beautiful. I'm not a very good God when it comes to caring for others either. So I could almost then work out of fear when I look at the world around me because I'm all there is. You know, well, and, I, I'm the one who's responsible. And it's a complete immersion in fear because it's 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 a living out of fear. Yes, like um, it's a fearful way to live, but yeah. then it's also a way of life that's been driven by fear in some sense. Like, um, because that's why we grasp. That's why we sin. We we sin because of fear of death, right? And so, and and we grasp because we fear not receiving. Um, yeah. And so, like, in some sense, he might not have said this that way, but it, it sounds like a fear. And I, I actually feel like no judgment for the man. I actually, just yeah. as as you were sharing, like I just feel pity for him. Like that's such a yeah. sad way to live, I think. Um, I think it's less sad than um, than other ways. But anyways, I just, yeah, I just want to pray for him. Um, but it's driven by, a, it sounds like it's driven by a fear of like, this is how I think it should be. This is how the beautiful should be. And I am afraid that that beauty is not there, that that beauty is not true. And thus I'm going to bring it into existence. Um, I'm going to um, affect this beauty. And um, so it's like, it's a fear of it not actually existing pushes him into it. Um, But then that means that like everything that he's doing is then from a place of fear. I don't know. Um, which is then, I mean, I would assume this is going to come into come into play at some point, either in this episode or the next. But um, like St. Paul's words, that perfect love casts out fear uh, mm. because it's like his, his fear. There's still a lot of love in what he's saying and what he's expressing. And I can hear that as you speak, but it's like it's an imperfect love that's still very fear-driven. Whereas um, if it's a perfect love, that that casts out fear. Um, so, I don't know. 
Yeah. You know, I, 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 as I've said before, I, I'm starting to perceive. I hope correctly that there's that there's certain demons that have certain authority over certain generations, mm. and I really do think that, in other words, there's whether God obviously has to let this happen. The devil rages, but I do think some of the demons of this age are uh, like a demon of of identity. And you mm. talked about this so eloquently, Mother, and people loved it so much on the most recent Pines of the Quinas that you and I did together. Mm-hmm. Like our identity is children of God, and I've used that now since then. Your insights, I'm in my own what spiritual direction and guidance. Except you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good thing you have a good voice. Um, and so there, there's a demon of identity trying to confuse us with with the identity and what that means, and we see this in all these, you know, transgenderism and, and things like this. Um, there's also a demon of anti-Semitism I see raging that mm-hmm. that that has has taken a lot of people that I thought were pretty deep thinkers and holy people, and they've been moving towards a, a, a an anti-Semitism that is just is horrible. And then I think a third one is criticism, and this is what I want to make sure that 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 demon like. You know, we had a, a, the reading on Wednesday night, at least in the Melkites, I celebrate the Melkites. On Wednesday night, we had the reading of, of you know, tax collectors and prostitutes will enter heaven before you. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think there there is in a sense where where what we see when we when we take these ideas or these people that we don't know but hear about on NPR, like I said, when we when we hear them and we, we're kind of, I think there's nothing wrong with being critical of them because they're we 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 want our listeners to to hear another side of these same ideas that we hear so prevalently from our friends and family and then the radio. Um, but at the, at the same point is what you said, mother, and what I tried to say earlier, um, you know, th- there, there's a certain brokenness that, that we perceive in them that we also have. And mm-hmm. I think that we can say, I hope this man enters heaven before me. There's, there's no a good and evil. There's, there's no, he's the enemy here. This is, there's something about, yeah. you know, what, when that healing happens, I, I, I imagine he will, because I've been given these gifts of, of, hopefully a, a a different understanding that's more accurate. And when he sees it, hopefully he will respond very quickly. So I think there's something beautiful to, to fight off this spirit of criticism, that, that this evil spirit of criticism that, that is so prevalent in our society. I do think there's a way, of, I love that passage. You know, the, the public sinners will enter heaven before you. It, mm-hmm. It's just such a humbling, humbling thing. Those we criticize, even those we know are doing something wrong, you know, it's, it's, and again, there's, there's context there. I don't want to quote the Bible out of context. Mm-hmm. You know, of course we need to grow. We need to live a life of asceticism and penance and, and moving with great urgency and diligence. But there's also that, that, that need to say those I'm judging even rightly now may, may do the right thing before I do. And mm-hmm. so this is getting me right. really excited for my episode. Cause in a couple episodes, I want to do one, um, on tenderness and there's just, and like the power of tenderness and anyways. Cool, beautiful. Well, we've gone a little bit over where I wanted to go to. Um, so okay. let's go ahead and close out. The, we're going to continue this, um, the next episode I'm going to call The Fear of God. This one was called um, Be Not Afraid. And uh, and the next one will be a continuation of this one. Um, so mother, if you want to uh, think up your prayer intentions and mm-hmm. I will uh, give the spiel. So thank you all for listening. Um, do check us out and please share if you'd like to what we do, um, especially on social media, Instagram, Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Potter Michael O. Um, I'm now on threads too, I guess, um, at Father Proudest Monkey only because one of my friends convinced me to go on just for them. Um, Father Proudest Monkey is, is also my personal Instagram. Um, 
the uh, we are have a Goodreads page where you can see what we're reading and our media team and Beth who runs it and she's great and you can share what you're reading. Uh, we also have the new program on Instagram and Facebook where we on Fridays we share our prayer intentions again from the episode that week and we ask you to share yours and we all pray for each other. Uh, and then uh, we are on YouTube audio only. Uh, we have a nonprofit called Fotina that that helps other evangelizers, other people in mission for the kingdom of God. It helps the hungry, the thirsty, the strangers, the naked, the ill, the imprisoned, the poor, the outcasts. It also supports the church. Um, that's fotina.org is our website, or you can go on our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and support us there. Just look up what God is not. And, uh, and then there's various... Um, incentives, just like the one that we have, our those who are able to listen live today, um, and and when we, when we record in the future, uh, you can contact us. What God is not podcast at gmail dot com. I think that's everything. Um, my prayer intentions. I am going to ask you to pray for Paul Sheardon, who um, during Laura's birthday party was playing uh Laura brought this amazing like paintball setup with the big blow up paintball things but they they have these little gel bullets uh-huh. that like shoot out like a machine gun anyway all the kids are playing with it and then the adults start playing with it and Paul broke his ankle um so oh my to- to- total dad move um broken the your your <gasps> prayers have already have already come to fruition because he doesn't need surgery we found that out the other day but he's definitely walking around no pressure no um weight on it um, but he's trying to manage three kids and thank God his job's letting him work from home. But anyway, pray for a quick healing. Um, I don't realize how much we rely on the people in the parish. Like every single person has their role in their job and it's just like we rely on them so much and and it's just really hard because he's he's having trouble, having trouble getting around. He does so much for the church. So pray for Paul and for Carolina, his his patient wife and their three kids as he, as he heals over the next few weeks and uh, pray for me that I can find other volunteers or get things done that I he used to take care of, so... Thank you. Um, that makes a lot of sense because for the past couple of months, Paul's been challenging me on Garmin for um, like a running, <laughs> like for the month of June, we had a running challenge in the month of July, a running challenge of who could run more miles. And, and he didn't challenge me to month. one for August. So that <laughs> is making a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, poor thing. Okay. And actually Laura, Laura has it on video because she was videoing while, while he did it. And <sighs> the funny thing, I've already told Is it Laura, terrible Laura, that my first thought was I want to see it. <laughs> it's so funny with uh, Laura. Um, Laura, no, no, you can see it. And and Paul goes, uh, and Laura laughs on the video just because it looks like he's falling. <laughs> and you see, he felt so bad for laughing. I'm like, Laura, I would have laughed too. It did look funny. And thank God he's me okay. Um, um, okay, so can I give my prayer intentions? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, I will ask that you pray for mm, the repose of the souls of um, two priests who died this past week. Um, Father Roman Galadza. Um, I don't know if you heard that he died, Father Michael. I did. I did. Um, and also Father Mark Beard, who is um, the spiritual director of a friend of mine. And um, so he died in a car accident. Um, and I heard that he, his last homily was extremely prophetic and that it's like, I think it's available on YouTube or something. So I still need to look it up, but Father Mark Beard, please pray for the repose of his soul as well. Um, his spiritual daughter was telling me that he was like one of the greatest advocates for purgatory. And so, Mm. um, Mm. she hopes that he gets like 
a real speedy passage into heaven is what she told me. So um, please pray for them. And then our uh, backstage listener, our patron, um, has asked for prayers for married couples that God would strengthen them in their vocation and witness. So can we share your name, backstage listener? Okay, so we'll just say David E. Um, thank you, David, <laughs> David E. For e. <laughs> David E. David David E. Full stop, e. <laughs> New nickname. All right. I started calling, I used to call Mother Cecilia um, Little Mother. Uh, like for years, I called her Little Mother because she's just tiny and whatever. So um, now that she's the hegumena, um I don't know if I've announced that. Anyways, Mother Cecilia is the new Hegumena. But um, I've started, I started just this morning calling her Hegumenka, um, like, <laughs> which is funny because it's not a Ukrainian word, but I've given it like a Ukrainian diminutive. But anyways, so she's the Hegumenka. Okay. Nice. It's like <laughs> um, Padrecito in uh, Spanish. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, yeah, prayers for all of them. And uh, great. This was super fun um, having David backstage. And then... Um, Father Michael, always good to see you. I love your face and yeah. I love your soul and your face and everything. Oh, you always have to one up me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Can you, can you give us a blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May the Lord grant you a fearlessness of the world and of evil. May he protect you from those things. May he allow you to keep your eyes focused on him. And uh, may he help you to heal from any abuse or trauma that may be, uh, may lead to the temptation towards self-reliance and self-sufficiency. Um, may you truly use the gifts God has given you, um, but also use them along with him so that you do have a, a control of your life that is so beautifully necessary. Um, before you surrender that control to Christ, um, may you recover quickly and well from anything you've suffered and may you rely upon God truly, even as he empowers you. Um, may you be more aware of Christ than you are of the wind and the waves, more aware of Christ than you are of the evils of this world. And may you truly depend upon him in a way that he empowers in you. May our Lord bless you this day and always and grant you even the salvation of your soul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 